Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett. And if you're listening to this when it's released, then it's Wednesday, 12-7-2022, which means it's time for our meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. from the songs. Mm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't want to take all our time talking about my thought process on that. But uh, Good, good. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm glad you don't want to hear it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. Oh, oh, I okay. think it's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a reading from the songs, Psalms 1. Mm. Mama Bell will be happy about this because it says, how happy <laughs> is oh, the one who does not walk of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Verse 2, instead, his delight is in the law. His delight is in the Lord's instruction. That's what this is saying. I was reading like it was King James. Yeah, and he you got another version. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I do. I do. He meditates on it day and night. Uh, he is like a tree plant planted beside flowing streams that bear its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I'm, I'm sorry about that blunder. I was thinking about, you know, that's one of those verses we learned in the King James first off when you was a baby. And my mind wanted to read it like that, even though that's not what I was seeing. But this morning, we are grateful to be together and to connect together. And we are glad that Mama Bell can return to us today, and she's doing all right. It's good to have her back with us. And for those who are here and have thoughts and those who are not here and even uh, for those who we don't know about yet, we will take a moment and my, we will have our opening moment of prayer. My dear granny would do that for us. And then we will carry on. We'll start with that. And while she's praying, all you texters and people, wake somebody up and tell them, give them the number and tell them, call me. And they ain't got nothing to do. They simply in the way. Tell them they... They're over there feeling bad and mad, talk about it, something. You know, tell them, come on in here and we'll talk about the Lord. We'll do that while next might be a grandmother's prayer. Fear not thyselves because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of the nicotine. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And not thyself, because of him who prospered in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Most gracious and all wise fathers, we come this morning, God, to you, seeking you, God, seeking your help, seeking your way, seeking your understanding. 
God, as we come, we're asking you to look down upon us this morning. We need you, God. Can't make this journey by ourselves, God, but we put our trust in you, knowing that you are the author and the finish of our salvation, knowing that you knows all, you see all, and you we just thank you this morning. We praise you this morning because, oh God, you woke us up with health and strength. You woke us up close in our right mind. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. Oh, God, we pray this morning for those that's in the nursing home, our lesson home. Oh, God, pray for people everywhere. We're asking you to have mercy on them, God. Oh, God, they need you this morning. So many people feel so lonely, feel so cast out. But, God, we know you are there and help them to look to you for which health and strength. We just thank you this morning, God. Bless this, our service this morning. Bless every listening ear, God. Put us all in courage. Open up our hearts that we can receive your word, God, that we might walk in that word, that we might let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We just thank you this morning. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Mama Bell will play for us in a moment, but before she does, we're going to read our meditational scripture for today, which will be Isaiah 61. We'll be reading verse 1, or we will read, I like that. We'll read verse 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oils instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. That is the word of the Lord, and all those agree respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Something happened about eight hundred miles south. The significance of what happened is not important to me. What's important to me is why the struggle was such in the first place. When you think about the avenue, when you think about the vessel, a gentleman by the name of Reverend Ralph Warnock, it checks all the boxes. He's a humanitarian. He's a spiritual leader. He's a man of true religiosity. And yet, we rode this political roller coaster for the last 30 some odd days. We could not figure out the ending on November 8th, and so it pushed us to December 6th. Why did a preacher have to fight? For his life. Why was it so hard for people to gravitate to a preacher? I thought our mission statement was to do whatever is required biblically to help heal the land. You would think that the preacher would be the connecting link. You would think the preacher would be the one that could cross the aisle. You would think the preacher could be the bridge that brought us together, not politically, but socially. You would think the preacher of one of the most historic churches, the leader of civil rights came from this particular institution. This preacher sits on the back of great giants. You would think that would have been enough. And yet, it's proven that it's not about Bibles. It's not about theology. The scriptures has no reference point in some of these moments that we're dealing with. 
January 6th was not a defense of the Bible. They ain't got nothing to do with the Bible. As a matter of fact, if it was about the Bible, I must question which Bible you read. You know, sometimes I get it mixed up. I, I was reading one translation. I was thinking about another. You know what happens? We get confused. I understand. But if I read the same book that I would think everybody else reads, it would say that you don't go around and destroy. Nowhere, nowhere in the Scripture did it say go and destroy Rome. The only thing that was ever destroyed was twice, and that was done by Jesus, and he went into the temple. That was supposed to be his father's house. He didn't tear up the government's house. He tore up his father's house. That's a whole different conversation. Nowhere did you see him go to Caesar and spit in his face. You didn't see him go to Herod and do same. As a matter of fact, you would ask the question, at least I would, if it was all about bringing truth to power, why did Jesus, the son of the Almighty, have to go and hide in Egypt when the governor was coming to kill him? Because nowhere in the scripture do you ever see where God launched in an all-out assault with people. He might have done it himself. But nowhere do you see him launching all-out assault against the government. And yet, somewhere the theology is getting a little convoluted. But that's not what I want to talk about today. As a matter of fact, I don't even care about Ralph Warnock, if you want to be honest with me. Because I want to talk about the actions and the stances that propel this preacher I believe, to his position. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, the struggle that I have, and we've talked about this, I believe, on Sunday. If not, then please forgive me. Forgive me we didn't talk about it. We did. Then I'm repeating myself. That's what I wanted to say. If I'm not, then great. We, we can just have a good conversation. Good news has seemingly been limited to only what is in the Bible. As I have argued here or presented the case, if you will, if you were to die tonight, would you wake up in heaven? Is you sure? Are you sure that your soul is right with God? That's a beautiful question. I hope you have an answer to that within your mind. Please have that answer. I would like for you to do that before the sunrise this morning, if you don't mind. But after that question has been answered, after you have made the wonderful decision to accept Jesus, you have found yourself at the entrance of one of these beautiful cathedrals, and you walk down that long, lovely aisle. Some of it is marble, you know. Beautiful marble. Got all the pictures in it. If you got one of them old churches that really spent time doing their artwork in the church, you know. And you gave the preacher up there in that beautiful long road. They don't wear them those long buttons. You know, you gave him your hand, and you say, Preacher! I'm coming to Jesus. And the preacher takes your right hand, 
It leads you around into that big old hole in the ground, or maybe it's in the air, full of water. And it takes you for a little swim, and then you come up, go in the back, do some paperwork, then figure out who you are, where you come from, and how much money you make. After all that, then what? Because according to the religion of our culture, that's when the good news is. And everything after that is just repeating what you just did. But what about the good news of health care? What about the good news of affordable prescription? What about the good news of college debt? What about the good news of financial freedom? What about the good news of affordable housing? What about the good news of sensible and respectable education? What about the good news of eliminating disenfranchisement so that everybody has access to the system? What about that good news? Oh, that's not, we don't got time to do that. Throw that out. All we want to do is make sure that you didn't win swimming. Well, if that's the case, then I guess I just found out what's in the water. A bunch of evangelicals. I'm sure Mr. Pharrell would love to have you down there at the beach come April. Y'all can swim all you want. But then, if I can push them aside, they are there swimming. Let them go out there with something in the water. Now we know what it is. Because I present the question for consideration, just for consideration. You can, you can throw it away if you want. I don't, I, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your life. What if we reevaluated what the gospel was? I'm not saying change it. I said reevaluate. Well, you say, well, what do you mean reevaluate? Well. Let's look at this and really read it and, and kind of just sit there until the words kind of pop up. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Yeah, yeah, throw that away. We'll need that. He has anointed me. We won't need that. No, that that we, we know who it is, we know what he did. Now what's the mission statement? To bring good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty. Liberty is freedom. With liberty, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty, freedom. To proclaim liberty. To those in captivity. Now, the scripture does not define captivity. It just leaves it as a blanket statement. I like blanket statements because that means I can do what I want with it. Exclusivity kind of makes me angry. When it tells me just go do A, B, I kind of get nervous. So, but when it gives me this broad scope, this broad canvas to paint with, then I'm happy because now I'm not bored anymore. 
Liberty to the captives. Captives could be veterans and their families who have various conditions, some of which nobody wishes to deal with. Issues that are psychological, issues that are mental. Individuals who have found themselves in extremely compromising positions. Captives. I'm of the argument that you can send a 17-year-old boy over to Iraq to get everything blown off but his soul and yet tell him that he's got to wait 365 days before he can be active in the political system. How can I go and dedicate my life to the country but can't have a voice in it? Captive. At 16, I can go down and get a job. I can pay into the system. Y'all, the, the system can take 25 or 22% out of my check. I ain't even an adult. I live with my mama, and I'm still paying 22%, but I cannot participate and ask questions. That's called taxation without representation, captives. When I'm going to school and I'm not properly educated because some things you say cannot be here because it's promote certain historical parts of our past that we want to, that's captivating in the negative direction. Captive. Now, folk will say, well, I don't know how I feel about that bird boy over there because he's been having them secret messages and you got to peel back and listen to what he's saying down in the messages because He'd be over there sometime promoting gay rights and, and abortion rights and all those other things. You've never heard me promote or say abortion rights, and you, I ain't never said that day in your life. You've never heard that out of my mouth. But this is what you did here out of my mouth. You heard out of my mouth that it is not anybody's perspective. No, 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 no. Let me not say that. Nobody has the right. That's what I'm going to say. Nobody has the right to tell anybody what to do with their personal body. That's what you heard me say. Nobody has the right to tell anybody who they're going and who they're not going to deal with. That's what you heard me say. Whatever choices somebody makes is between them and their creator. That's what you heard me say. Captive. When you go and decide that because we are the authority, we will tell people what they're going to do with their life. That is captive. Then you get to the last part that I'm going to deal with today. I'm sorry, I gave you more than I can eat. Please forgive me. I shouldn't have done that. To proclaim liberty to the captive, what else that thing said? 
That's don't even know my scripture. We'll do it out of right here. Proclaim liberty to the captives to bring positivity. That's not what it says, but that's what we're going to go with. Instead of despair. When we're going into our communities and bringing hope, we don't need a political office to bring hope. We don't need a position to bring hope. We don't need a half a million dollar budget to bring hope. Folks got hope in their house. You got a chicken in there. You know you can't eat all of it. You're fat enough. I say that to myself because I don't give up chicken. I give up steak and lobster and baked beans and canned sweet potatoes and and liver and and and. and squash and all of that. I give all that stuff I want. But chicken, I, I have a problem with the Lord going to help me with it, and he might deal with me before I die. But but the point is, we all got things in our home that can give hope. We go to the grocery store and we look around our community. Maybe granny needs one or two things, you're going right down to the Aldi. Hey, Granny, I'm going down to Aldi. What if the Civic League had a registry? And instead of sitting down there and fighting over who's in charge, we get down there and say, you know what, I got a call list, and I go to the grocery store on Thursday, and I'm good and healthy. Well, when you get down there, baby, pick me up some eggs and some lettuce and uh, one or two tomatoes. Now, Granny doesn't have to try to get out in traffic. In the report yesterday, talking about how dangerous it is as we get moving forward with these electric cars and things, for Grandmama to be out on the road because the more that they see them, those cars respond differently. So Grandma was looking in her mirror, seeing this car come towards her, and ain't stopping. And she's getting a little bit nervous because the car is not designed to slow down like we've been taught. It gets right to a certain barometer. Once the bumper of the car gets into the system's view, then the car stops. And nine times out of ten, before that bumper sees that car, or should I say the car sees the bumper, it's probably right up there about to give you a nice little kiss. And reports have argued that grandmama can't take it. And so more and more grandmamas are coming off the road. Now they can't go to the doctor because they can't drive. They can't go to the grocery store because they can't drive. They can't go to do basic needs because they can't drive. And not only can they not drive, but they don't know how to use the Internet. So all of these different things that they might could have done if they had Internet access or understanding of things, so they're still struggling. What if I civically became centers for community opportunity and community hope. What if they want just a bunch of big shots who feel like they know it all, but people who actually look around their neighborhoods and say, what can I do within my community to make sure everybody is taken care of? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me 
young people in our communities. The average young person now, as as my mama would say, a house poor. And the problem is because of the financial infrastructure that we live in now. The average young person with a family of two is still forced to both have to go and get a job. And that average family goes out and get that job, and let's just say, just for numbers, because I hate math, that they all together pull in $100,000. Well, the problem with that is, is that about 17 to 25% of that $100,000 is going to child care. So even after both going to get a job, by the time they pay the babysitter, they're still where they would have been if one person went and got a job. And yet we got all these churches just sitting here. All these teachers that's been in the system, that's retired and they ain't doing that at the house, but watching Days of Our Lives, twiddling their thumbs, talking about who got cussed out at communion. What if, what if our churches inside of our communities all became sinners? And I'm not saying that mama should throw her baby off on somebody and don't pay nothing. No, 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 no. You need to pay. But what if we ease the load for our parents? And come together and say, you know what? We probably only need about $20,000 a month to do this. And everybody come together and we all chip in and give our $20,000. You will find that you will pay less in child care by supporting the community effort than you would going down and having to pay it by yourself. That's just a thought process to consider. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel, to present the good news. That's why I like this translation. One says preach. The other says present. Present the good news. Now, after all that you heard this morning, I ask a question of you. Brother Dennis comes to pray for us. I said Sunday that Jesus was a liberal. And I said I would explain that on Wednesday. I would like to hope that through the text, as we are in Advent and we are taking this journey towards Christ, we are preparing for his arrival. I would hope that this text presented you with a message of understanding. And all those who say, well, my politics and my spirituality are different, that is a lie. Your religion is your politics, and your politics is your religion. You vote based on your conviction, based on your faith. You connect to politics, you connect to your government, you connect to activism based upon your belief system. 
And so now when I look up and I see the good news being presented to the poor and I see gay people doing it, I ask questions. Where are the church folks? When I see proclaiming liberty to the captive and I see the trans people and the LGBTQ and the people who are getting abortions, and they're going out and making sure that people are registered to vote. They're going out and making sure that people have their rights restored. I see all the sinners, but I don't see no saints. And I ask the question, who is the liberal? When I look around and you see over in Somalia, and the other recesses of the middle over in Ukraine where there's excessive bombings and the people are trying to find how to get to the safety zones, how to get to the refugee camps. I don't see too many church folks, but I see a lot of gay folks. And you ask me to criticize the gay people, and they're the ones saving the world. You ask me to criticize the trans folks, and they're the ones saving the world. You ask me to criticize the people with abortions, and they're the ones going off and scraping the rape victims off the side of back alleys and taking them down there to the clinics and cutting up the cleaning up their wounds and making. You ask me to criticize these people, but I want to ask a question. I have no problem calling that wrong. But where's the church folks? Because that's wrong too. This morning I ask you to check your liberalism. Because if we read the Bible, we're all supposed to be liberals. Liberal in our profession liberal in our expression, and most importantly, liberal in our confession. My dear brother Dennis. Good morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we had this opportunity to come together middle of the week to, to, hear, to hear a message and to understand it and to take it and to use it to our good and to the good of our community. Lord, we just want you to uh, prepare our minds and our, and our soul as we uh, prepare for the, the celebration of the coming of your son as these weeks and days go by. Give us the strength to use those days and weeks to proclaim the glory of your son to ourselves as much as to our neighbors and to our family. Lord, we... We all have fallen short of what God wants us to do and what God would have us to do. So let's just take this time to look within ourselves and to become who God wants us to be. Lord, we just thank you for blessing us, for watching over us and taking care of us. Those that need a special touch, you know who they are. You know what they need. Lord, we just ask you to do that for us. Yeah, we just want you to be who we know you are. And we want to give you all honor and glory, not only today, but all every day. 
with our with our minds and with our body and with our soul and, and as we you know open your word and look at it and read it we just ask that you give us the knowledge and the spirit of your soul your your of your holy spirit to understand it more as we delve into it lord we just thank you thank you thank you for the birth of your son we just ask you continue to watch over us again thank you for who you are and what you do for us in your name we pray amen amen amen, amen.